The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and proceed him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. When I speak to people and I ask them questions regarding their faith or people come to me and they express their, their difficulties, their aggravations, frustrations, disappointments, oftentimes what we discover is their faith has been attacked or weakened because of great difficulties in life. Maybe they had a family member go through a, an awful medical situation, or um, they lost a, a friend or a family member, they, someone died. Um, maybe an individual is just going through constant um, difficulties. And sometimes what happens is when a person is going through this over and over and over again, they think God's not even there. He's not even showing up. He doesn't even care. Why bother? I'm just going to throw in the towel. I'm just going to walk away. And so they attribute their lack of faith to God not showing up when they needed him the most. And whether this is ironic or not, in the gospel today, when the disciples needed Jesus the most is when he shows up, and it's when they declare him to be the Son of God. So... Here, in their moment of greatest need, their moment of, of great difficulty, God shows up and they acknowledge him as the Son of God. Whereas, I think for us, in our greatest needs, because we don't perceive God, we don't think he's showing up, and so we just write him off. And our challenge today is to learn a few things from this gospel. The first thing actually has nothing to do with the disciples. It's all about Jesus. 
and it's a model for us. The first thing for us to learn is that after Jesus completes his ministry, his mission for the day, he's exhausted, right? He just fed thousands of people before this. He goes and prays by himself to the Father. Why is this so important? Because actually we need individual prayer time with the Lord. Like we actually do need that. It's a really important thing. And, and for those who um, want to only take the Bible literally and, and, and do everything else, and they like to use this particular passage, you know, when it says, God says to go to your room, pray silently, and that's good enough. That's true. We should go and pray by ourselves. However, where that passage lacks and where it fails to bring in the completion is that after he's gone by himself, he goes back to his disciples. He goes back to the community. He goes back to people, right? So why does the church exist? So that we have a place to come to individually or as a community and to be able to pray to God. So that's the first thing we can learn today is that just like Jesus goes and prays by himself to the Father, and then there's individual prayer there, we also need to go and pray by ourselves to the Father. But that's not the only thing we do. We have to go back to the community. The second lesson to learn today is that we have to ask ourselves, where are my eyes focused on when I'm in the midst of chaos? When I'm in the midst of chaos and I'm dealing with different life situations, where do my eyes tend to get drawn to? Do I focus in on on the chaos itself, or do I keep my eyes planted on someone or something greater? Namely here, it's God. That's not to say that we ignore the chaos. That's not to say that we won't be faced with distractions and have to practice virtues and graces to realign ourselves. But we don't want to lose focus of the greater picture. We don't want to lose focus of the greater sight available to us. And then the last lesson, right, after we know that it's, it's good that we go and pray by ourselves but come back to the community, that we actually want to have our eyes focused, and I can only do that if I have a relationship with the Father and know where to look for him, the last lesson to be learned is that when we're in the midst of struggles, ask for help. This is not complicated. I mean, seriously, like, my goodness. Like, we are so prideful or arrogant in the idea that I can do it by myself. No, we can't. And that's okay. It is okay to need a little help every once in a while. Ugh. Peter, like, okay, let's just, let's just do this real fast. Let's just put ourselves in the position of the disciples, right? So if you want to close your eyes and create the scene, go for it. If you want to not do that, whatever. But let's just put ourselves here in the scene of the disciples, right? They're out in a boat in the middle of this sea. It's the fourth watch, right? Fourth watch means it's like 2 a.m. So it's super, it's super dark out. It's late. And they've got this wind just like rocking their boat. Like, who's scared right now? I'm a little scared. That'd be a little terrifying. And then, on top of all of that, they don't know where Jesus is at because he's told them to get in the boat and go across and he'll meet them. So they're like, okay, we're in the boat. It's rocking. Things aren't great. It's late at night. We don't know where Jesus is. This is not good. And then, and then they see this 
image, this figure. Now, I imagine them to be glowing, because, I mean, how else could you possibly see them? But maybe they're not, right? Maybe they're not glowing. Maybe there's just this silhouette out in the midst of these chaotic waves. And, yeah, looking at that might also be terrifying. Maybe I'm looking and it's like, that makes sense why they say, is this a ghost? But what does Jesus do? Immediately, we're in the boat, everything's going, going poorly, and we yell out, it's a ghost, ah! And then Jesus says immediately, take courage. So one, like, how could they possibly hear him? Because I imagine that's also really loud out there, like with the wind and the waves and the crashing, like, right? And yet they hear this, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter, of all the people in the boat, of course it had to be Peter, right? You're sitting there, and Peter's like, hey, check it out. Let me check out what I'm going to do. Lord, if it's you, command that I come to you on the water. And you're thinking, Peter, why are you doing that? Like, why are you even bothering to ask that question? That is that is crazy question. But he does. And what does Jesus say? He says, come. All right, so in the midst of this chaos, we're in the boat. It's chaotic. We think we see a ghost. Jesus tells us it's really him, not to be afraid. And then Peter does his crazy stuff and says, I'm going to walk on the water. Just tell me to do it. And he says, come. If God loves us the way we've been told he loves us, he's not going to put us in a worse position that endangers our life. Most likely. So when Jesus invites Peter, Jesus already knows and is able to take care and protect him. I don't know if Peter knows that or not, but he's just like, all right, if it's you, just tell me to come to you and I'll do it. When he starts walking out there, imagine now you're watching Peter walk out there. And it's, I mean, that had to be flabbergasting, right? Just like, here's this guy walking on the water in the midst of this chaos. And and again, if Peter is like staring at Jesus, like everything is fine, right? Nothing else matters. But the moment he gets out there and he starts to realize, I'm actually walking on water right now. And there are these massive waves around me. And it is 2 a.m. And I'm exhausted. And I think I might die. He starts to drown. He starts to sink. And now, does he think, oh, well, I guess I had a good life. All right, I'll just sink into the water. No. He says, Lord, help me. Right? He cries out to him. And listen to this. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter. It's not like he called out and Jesus just stood there like, I'll just wait for him to get a little deeper. I'll just wait until he's underwater entirely. I'll get to him in five minutes, maybe a year. Maybe I just won't go to him. No, he says immediately. And then he stretched out his hand, which means he had it already be within arm's reach, which means they had to be really close already. Or Jesus has the ability to transport anywhere he wants to at any time, which is also true. So don't, don't worry about that. So he, his hand reaches out. He grabs Peter. And the, and the comment, he says, can be a little hard, right? Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You already asked me, if I want you to come out here to, to, to come, and I invited you. I was already taking care of everything. Why did you doubt? Why did you lose focus? Why did you not think it was me when 
Everything else happened. So we have these lessons to learn that Jesus prays by himself, and that's important for us as well, that our eyes have to be focused in the midst of chaos and that we need to call out when we're in trouble. But think about how Jesus speaks again to the disciples and Peter, how Jesus is really speaking to us. The first thing he says to them in this encounter is, take courage. Be brave. Be bold. The second is, don't be afraid. Yeah, there's tough things that we're going through, but, but take courage. I wouldn't have you go through it if I wasn't going to help you. Don't be afraid. I will aid you, right? And then lastly, it's this invitation to come. Right? Jesus actually says, come, come to me. In the midst of our greatest difficulties, God offers us this abundance of grace for our good and for our salvation. I don't know about the rest of you, but when I was a little kid, especially like back to school time, I have to go get new clothes for school. My mom would take me to JCPenney, and JCPenney's has like the circular uh, clothing racks. Are those still a thing? They are. I don't know. So I like to make forts when I was at JCPenney's. I would climb into the, the circular clothing rack, and I would hide, you know. And most of the time, that wasn't a big deal, because I would pop in, and I'd pop back out, and I'd see my mom, no big deal. But one time, I climbed in, and I sat in there for a little bit, so that when I popped out, I didn't see my mom. And as a little kid, losing your mom in the store is terrifying, right? And so here I am, Mom, 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 where are you, Mom? right? I am bawling. And my mom just comes up right behind me. Jay grabs me my shoulder. I was looking for you. I won't ever leave again. I'm so sorry. Ah. Right? In the same way, we can hide ourselves from God. We can say, oh, I'll just go hide away. It's no big deal. And then when we need him, we pop out. We're like, I can't find you. That's so awful. But he's right there. He's right there. We have to learn to take courage and to not be afraid to come to him and to ultimately rely on him or possibly even other people. Getting back to that idea about this prideful, individualistic concept that I can do everything by myself, it's just not true. And it's not necessary. It is actually exhausting to try to do every single thing by ourselves. And if it comes to things of faith, and you, and you go and you pray and you do all the things, you're still thinking, like, I can't find God. Okay, well, what have we not tried, maybe? Do I go and do I pray in the church where I know Christ lives in the tabernacle? I haven't tried that. That's something to try. Have I gone and, and talked to the priest, perhaps? No, because they're so busy. No, no, no. Not too busy for you. Well, do I take care to, like, feed myself and read spiritual things and get involved in different ministries? These are opportunities for us to call out for help. Lord, save me. Peter, in his boldness, right, says, if it's you, I'll come to you. Just invite me. And Jesus invites him. 
Jesus invites us to so many beautiful and amazing things, and yet we can get distracted, we can become fearful, we can lose focus, and instead of just tossing in the towel and saying, well, I guess God doesn't exist, he's not really there, we want to actually call out to him for help. We want to go to where he is even, seeking that help. And immediately Jesus stretches out his hands and catches us. It may not always be the way we think or the way that we're desiring in that moment. That might have to change a little bit. But it's in those moments where we have a great opportunity. Shrink away, hide in the clothing rack, don't let anyone know where we are, or finally step out and say, where are you? And we'll find him. He will find us. The last thing I want us to do, and this is more at the end of Mass, but you can do it throughout the rest of Mass if you want. If they were that close that Jesus could reach out and grab him, that means that you, we would have to be able to see his face somewhat clearly. And I want you to imagine the eyes of Jesus. What do those eyes look like when they reach out and, and grab our hands, to pick us up, to pull us back in, to, to comfort us, to aid us? The love and the gaze of the eyes of Jesus staring into us, into our eyes. And so if that's a helpful meditation, use that for the rest of Mass, for the, the different parts. But particularly at the end, to really meditate on what his eyes look like, what his eyes are communicating, what his eyes are saying to us when we call out for help and when he reaches out and grabs us.